0: You know, a couple things that I hate, I hate racism, um, and I hate Netflix shows, but having said that, here's 13 Reasons Why I Hate Indian People. So it's been about a month, and gosh, a lot of different things have been happening. Um, Doctor Evil just went up into space on the Big Johnson. That's what I think. What that's what I'm going to call the the rocket, the Big Johnson. Um, it's fun. It's fun for the kids. Maybe they'll make like, maybe Amazon will make toys uh, reflecting the reflecting the rocket but i think you know something tells me that they already have in the fulfillment center something like that uh in the packaging probably says adam and eve or love stuff or something to that effect um maybe something like big bobs uh bilbo's like bilbo baggins you know gosh so i haven't really i haven't really had to uh I haven't really had uh, time to get around to getting any getting any specific topics that I wanted to talk about. So I actually just had kind of a few things that I wanted to mention today on the episode just to just to kind of like catch up, just to put something. Honestly, just to upload something. Uh, I was in my kitchen a little bit ago, and I'm doing some deep cleaning. It's my day off, so I'm deep cleaning in there, and. You know the way that my brain works, the way I the way I kind of operate and everything. I'm uh, I'm like coming up with ideas as to or coming up with reasons as to why I definitely need an Oculus Quest two. And here are some of the reasons why. Um, I really think in order to get rid of my puff pastry beer gut. Um, Not only should I switch to a source of video games that will have me sitting upright or standing and using my arms more than I already do, um, which is not at all, uh, and possibly my legs, I should switch to the Oculus Quest. Now, I thought, how do I get there? What's going to be my goal of getting there? Because I know that if I spend a dollar on video games, my fiancé is going to cut my Johnson off, cut my... My Bob Johnson. What was the name? I was two minutes ago. I've already forgot what the name is. Big Johnson. It's just Big Johnson. It's going to cut my Jeff Bezos Big Johnson off. So, you know, can't spend any money. So what do I do? I think the only other logical thing that I can do to justify the purchase or the procuring of an Oculus Quest 2 would be to trade or sell uh, my Nintendo Switch and everything with it. God, I go months, months without playing my Switch. At one point, I had like a, a litany of controllers um, and different sorts of like accessories. I still, I suppose, I still have some accessories. I have a bunch of games with it too. God, I'm burping. I took pre workout in order to clean my house. That's how anal I am about cleaning my house. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. I don't I don't necessarily... I enjoy cleaning, so I'm not like one of these com- obsessive compulsive people who are like, you think I enjoy this? I have to do this because I have a mental disability. So it's not like that. I actually really do enjoy cleaning. So getting some cleaning done. I took pre-workout to get some cleaning done. Now I'm sweating, and it's like 70 degrees in my house. It's ridiculous. I shouldn't even... I shouldn't even be sweating, but I am. Um, but like I said, like I'm I'm trying to figure out using my switch how I can procure an Oculus Quest two. And I had all these controllers. I broke several of them because Mario Kart is a bitch. Um, <laughs> I really think the only thing that I can do because I do have two controllers that are connected with it right now. Actually, I think I have like multiple. I think I have like at least three controllers uh, or. Maybe two sets of controllers, however that works. I don't know. But with I think with the controllers, uh, the interface itself, like the docking station, and then all these, like, I don't know, different... I think I have, like, two or three different cases now. I think if I sell all of... Not sell, but if I trade in... Maybe somebody who's trying to get rid of their Oculus Quest 2, they just don't want it anymore... Uh, I'll do that, or I'm just going to go straight up, just go to, like, not GameStop, but this place that's near, kind of nearby where I live, um, a town over. It's called Zone One, and not that they deserve any advertisement at all, because they are definitely in it for the profit, which I can't imagine why they wouldn't be. But I just, I don't suppose they, uh, they gave me a crappy price on, like, a a half, half half-broken Nintendo 64 that I was, you know overzealously thinking that I could I could fix myself and since then it's just been sitting in a drawer so uh, while I see is a business and they need to do what they need to do GameStop is a, an even bigger business and I'm not it sounds like I'm crapping on big business uh, which there's really no reason to, I don't, I don't think. I, mean, I think I'm getting off topic. I'm bouncing all, uh, all over the place, which I often do. But what I'm trying to get out at, get at here is so that I don't get my Big Johnson cut off, my, my, the rocket, my big rocket, my rocket cut off, explode in space, if it doesn't Challenger itself due to my fiancé's frustration with my video game playing, perhaps, and perhaps only, doing that, uh, will save face. I actually mentioned this to her the other day. I was like, I don't play my Switch. I go months, months without playing my Switch. There's like four games on it that I like to play. And I have not had the interest in playing any of them recently. In fact, the only games I've been playing recently are like Superhot, which is better on Oculus Quest. Because uh, I got to play, I got to play somebodies the other day and i was like this is way better than just playing it on any system any i mean i've played i've played super hot on on xbox i've played super hot on pc that's what i'm playing it on now and and it's it's an entirely different game to play it on vr and it's it's so enjoyable <clears throat> but i got these other games i guess uh, I got like I bought like Ghostbusters for the Nintendo Switch just purely because I'm a Ghostbusters fan and it was fun. It's honestly something that you could play in one day if if it was my off day and I didn't want to do anything else but just be bored and play a a half OK title you know, that's what I could have done. I could have played it in like eight hours or something like that. It's really, it's one, it's not a big game. Two, it was only like $19.99 at Walmart for the physical copy, which I got because there's just not a lot of storage on the Switch, which is another thing in and of itself. I ended up buying, what I, I think what I feel kind of stupid about is that I ended up buying a micro SD that's like 128 gigabyte or something like that micro SD, And I've probably used not even 15 gigabytes of it. And I just feel stupid for doing that. I have like Mortal Kombat 11 physical copy, Mario Kart on physical copy. I got like Super Mario Odyssey. You know, it's just... I think I think the thing is about the switch about the Nintendo switch is that they advertise it for a certain demographic demographic of people who love N- Nintendo I mean that's what it is they're trying to sell to their fans but they're also trying to sell to this idea of like playing with a group or at least they were at the time in like two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen when I bought it and it's just not really friendly for that if uh if you don't if you're not constantly hanging out with people, because if you're just alone with your switch, like there are games that are fun to play, I suppose. I think, I mean, I know people who really enjoyed like the Zelda titles that came out on it, but like, I don't know, man, 49, 99 and fifty nine ninety nine and 65. I feel like those are, that's, I feel like that's a little steep for a title that I know is not going to be nearly as uh, graphically enjoyable. I guess I could say, as any of the other systems that I play on, and I know it's probably nitpicky considering, I mean, I don't know very much about system quality because I do not own a brand new system. The only thing that I could say is a brand new system in my household is my PC, Uh, and really that's only because I just installed more RAM on it and then I bought an external hard drive. But God, man! Other than that, it's like there's really no reason for me to keep my Nintendo Switch. I just don't feel like there's. Uh, I don't feel like I have a lot of a lot of gameplay with it that I really enjoy. You know, Skyrim. I have Skyrim for for the Switch as well, and it's actually really great on the Switch. I will say that I think it's better than uh, better than the Xbox, or at least better than the three hundred and sixty. It's definitely better than the three hundred and sixty. It's kind of in between the 360 and Xbox One when it comes to quality of game. Oh, uh, this is too much video game talk. Too much video game talk. But I gotta, I gotta justify getting the Oculus Quest. One, it's going to get my beer gut down. Two, it's going to. I'm just gonna enjoy it. But I'm, I'm now coming up with reasons as to why I need it more and more. And I know that's not good. It's just like a, a spiral. But I gotta I gotta sit on it for a few days. I gotta actually make sure that it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be something that I play often and not just put up and down a couple times and, and put away in a drawer uh, for several months at a time. God. But that's exactly what I've been doing with the switch. Lo and behold, exa- if I would have told myself two years ago or three years ago when I bought it, like, yeah, you're eventually just going to get tired of this thing and never even touch it. You'll just be on and off your PC pretty much all the time. I, uh, I'd i be surprised because at the time I was like, oh, no, no, I love the you know, Switch is so cool, the clicks and the and the games and it's so fun. And I at one point, my ex-girlfriend had bought me the, uh, it's like that cardboard stuff. I forgot what it's called. It's like the Nintendo Switch Play, whatever. And I got one of those, and I put together like the. It was like a fishing game. So you got like a little. I mean, it was. It was. It's a lot. I mean, it's literally like it was like a a a cardboard like fishing lure connected to the box that connects to a controller that you slide in. Really elaborate and interesting, um, but just not like. It's not a game that you're going to be playing for a long time. There's like, what are you going to do? You're going to max out everything within just a couple of days time. And I mean, the screen, you have to use the tiny screen to play these games and the games are overly simple or if they're not overly simple, they're just very babyish. And I think maybe that's where I lost myself with the Switch is that I think it's actually, I think now more so than ever, it's aimed toward a younger demographic. Like, man, I'm not playing the Pokemon games like I did when I was like 12 and 13. And at the time I was playing those on like my old Game Boy anyway. I wasn't even playing like the ones that were out at the time. Because when I was like 12 and 13, like the DSi and the DS and the DSXL, all that crap was coming out. And I was like, I had no interest in any of those. But now that now that I own a Switch, and I probably I could do with buying like a game or something like that, I'm not gonna buy like a new Pokemon game. What am I gonna do with a new Pokemon game? I de- I didn't I I I wasn't the demographic who who bought into Pokemon Go. That was not my thing at all. I thought it was I thought it was weird. If anything, I was like, I'm not gonna use my my cell phone to go around picking up pokemon like at my local ymca like what the hell not gonna do that it's just weird i guess i guess it gave some some people an excuse to actually get out and be active but whatever pokemon go did not did not sell me or they didn't sell me on pokemon go i can't say they did Uh, what else is going on you know i actually this is funny a few months ago I reached out to an old YouTube guy that I used to I used to listen to his to his videos all the time. Um, he just put like these audio files of hypnotism and sleep aid uh, on his channel, and he would just put like a like you know like a fire or something in the background. That was all, every single video, and I was looking all over YouTube for the guy. I hardly remembered his name. I remembered like the it started with a K and I was like, K, 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 And just after, after hours, I finally remembered his name, the full name of it, which is Chaos Ockentrl. It's K-A-O-S-O-C-N-T-R-L. And this guy used to put up his hypnotist stuff and everything. And I guess at one point he put out a video or he didn't put out a video. He put out he did put out a video at the time. It was several years ago now. Saying that he was going to uh, stop his 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 YouTube channel. He wasn't going to do it anymore. And he was going to give all the files to this other woman. And this other woman put her stuff up up on YouTube. And it was literally the same thing. It was the exact same files. Except it wasn't the, the guy speaking anymore. It was like his script. Read by this woman who was... Nowhere near as interesting to listen to nowhere near the cadence that he carried through his videos and everything. Um, and just not, not enjoy, not nearly as enjoyable, not to, not to crap all over her in case people look this up. But I mean, I get you on, know, I get this at the same time. I am kind of crapping on her because I really didn't enjoy the videos. I was pissed off that I found the, <laughs> that I found the channel, but the channel was no longer uh, chaos. I control the channel was this other person altogether who was lazy with, uh, with uploading that she didn't even like put all the files up. She didn't put the ones that I used to listen to. And, uh, it was just really annoying. And I shot in the dark. I was looking him up all over, uh, all over like online, just like, uh, I don't know if he, he didn't have like a Wikipedia or anything like that, but I was looking up just like dead channels, dead YouTube channels, um, seeing if he would be on any of these lists And he was on this, like, BDSM hypnotism channel or hypnotism uh, website um, that was, like, pretty much half of the advertisements were hardcore pornography and the other half of the advertisements were, uh, like, hypnotists and mediums and stuff like that. Just people who are just selling you on, on everything that they could possibly sell you on, you know, like... Crystals and powders and medicines and stuff like that and he had his hypnotist account there So I reach out to him via email Which I was super surprised that they even had an email set up for him on there or he had one set up for himself and shot in the dark. I reach out to this guy and I actually get an email back. It was amazing. I emailed him on the 20th of May of this year Actually at one o'clock in the morning, which I did not I did not remember that I did that, it's because I was having trouble sleeping that night, and I remember him and everything, and this was hours after I had been looking him up. I put chaos. I have been in search for your deleted YouTube videos for years. I must have the guided sleep meditation. It is an absolute masterpiece. Please consider sending me the file or link. I would greatly appreciate it. A forgotten fan. And he actually got back with me two days later on the 22nd of May, he said, Dear Jacob, I'm not sure what file you were referring to, so with this, a link to all MP3 recordings. It gives me his Dropbox link, and now I have every single one of this man's recordings in MP3 format, and I could not be more excited. So then I go on there, because I recall from several years ago, I used to listen to it in like 2014, which I was like sixteen at the time, and I was like discovering the whole transcendental transcendental meditation and what have you, and uh, you know, I, I I could never I could never understand that stuff, but damn, was I like deep into like some some sleep meditation. Uh, Jeff Bridges, or am I, is is Jeff Bridges sleep tapes? My God, those are the best. Those are the best ones. Now, this guy's are great, too. It was amazing. Definitely tied tied for first with Jeff Bridges' sleep tapes. But this guy's were amazing, right? And honestly, like, I know they're not mine. And this guy, from my understanding, is retired. So I really don't think he would, un- he would know if I did this. I'm honestly thinking about just doing, like, a little sample of... Uh, maybe I'll even just ask him. I don't want to be dishonest with this guy about it or steal his content, but it's just too good to not be out there. He was such a, such a great, uh, I mean, I can't say that I'm, that I buy into hypnotism, but I certainly buy into, uh, <laughs> like sleep stories. If it works on children, why can't it work on adults? Right. That's why, that's how I see it. So I do these. So I would listen to these videos, these tapes that he would call the deep trance extended version. I'm looking at them right now. Deep trance introduction, induction for sleep and insomnia. That was the one that I listened to pretty much all the time. And then the, an extended version, extended deep trance for induction of sleep and insomnia. So I would listen to these regularly, the same one or two, every single night for months. Months and months and months. And I think I just stopped uh, at one point because Jeff Bridges' sleep tapes came out. And so that was like my go-to from then on uh, for at least a little while. I've gone in and out of listening to these. But then here's the thing about this guy also. As much as I respect his sleep meditation, he also posted all of these hypnotism Files about arousal. Oh, okay, just give me, just give you, a, give you a taste of some of these, uh, these titles right here. Arousal and orgasm, deep trance series. Arousing partner touch, deep trance series. Bondage experience, bound arousal training, hypnosis induction. You're starting to get the idea here. Um, so as much as I found it amazing five minutes arousal and focus boost as much as I found it amazing for him to reach back out to me. I am simultaneously uh, regretting this man having my email. <laughs> one of them was just called your favorite story. That's pretty cool. <laughs> your favorite story. I don't know how he does that one, but yeah, man, chaos, a And it's a, uh, what is it? An anagram. It's an anagram for chaos control even though chaos is spelled incorrectly or it's spelled like the Latin version, I suppose. And Internal. yeah. So I'm pretty sure, fairly certain it's just supposed to be chaos control. But if you actually go on YouTube right now, and I'm going to set the mic down for one second because I don't have the arm, so I might sound a little farther away. I'm going to go to YouTube. Very loud wooden chair. And I'm actually going to type out uh, chaos control Cause I'm fairly certain there's a guy that does chaos. That's that's channel. His name is, and I spelled it wrong because, Oh my God. I spelled it C A O S because I, I, the K A O S was just so in my mind. Uh, hypnosis. Uh, let's look up chaos control hypnosis. And let's see here. Yeah. There's like one. Oh, you know what? I think this is like EDM dactyl. 30,000 views. Chaos Control. Yeah, that's probably... Let's listen to it really quick. I'm going to get like 15 seconds of this. Is that Hollywood Don't listen to the ad. That's not something that I can back up. Don't listen to it. Skip ad. All right. Chaos Control. Let's listen to like like 15 cool. seconds of this. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dactyl. Like pterodactyl. Chaos Control. And this other guy. And Koo Ring Guy roku ring gal. All right, that wasn't my cup of tea. But that was also like only the first. Let's go a minute and a half in. Nope, I'm still not sold. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that was not cool. That sucked. That really sucked. You know what? Hold on. I think is uh, what's like in public domain that I can listen to or that I can watch and I can just comment on really quick. I think I can go to like CNN and probably play, or like, uh, well, CNN sucks, maybe it's CNBC, no, they all suck, you know what, never mind, I'm, I'm, I'll set that up for another day, you know what I love, I love looking at my phone during uh, during some of my recording, and I get, you know, it's always when I'm recording or something that I get a message, or I get a text message from somebody that like I haven't like heard from in a while, and of course, I get a text message from one of my old friends, and one of, the first, one of the first things he says is, I miss you, and I am very happy to hear that. What a, what a nice guy. You know, I find it very difficult to communicate with my friends a lot of the time, because I'm always like, I think that they think that I'm too busy, even though that, that could not be farther from the truth. I will drop pretty much anything that I'm doing to hang out with my friends, um, but they should know that. I love my friends. Good friends are good. Good friends are very good. You know, we've been playing a lot of D&D lately, or last several months. Since, like, last November, we've been playing D&D. And we've had some great times where we just had very story-esque, um, movie-esque, story-esque things happen. And good buddy Liam, uh, who's been on the show... He, his character was a bard named evandor and he had, at one point, he had a keytar, so I actually, I started to write like a little short story called The Keytar of Evendure, and I'm going to read out just a little bit of this, it's only like half a page, so I'm just going to read some of this, because I had nothing really prepared for today, I just wanted to kind of check in, because it's been over a month, I haven't posted in a little while, and And not that I have a huge following that's out there begging for contests, but it's just something on my mind that I always want to make sure that I am doing, that I am keeping up with, um, just because I know I'm going to use this in the future. I know I'm going to have this as some sort of portfolio, some sort of thing that's going to get me on to the next stage of what I'm doing. So here we go. The keytar of Evendure. In a technologically advanced medieval setting, a teenage boy... Apprentice of the Bardmaster, Jeremiah, studies the texts of his leadership. The lore runs deep, as the Bardmaster, Jeremiah, would say, causing a nervous, anxious feeling for his apprentice, Evendur. Few trades still used paper, as it was easier to use the motion sensor devices that could create models and blueprints for anything needing to be made. Evendure urged his elders at the Bard Academy to adapt with the technology bestowed to the people of their land by the Star Warriors, an ancient people who traveled from far beyond their solar system to find a place that had creatures deserving of advancement. Evendure often thought how exciting an adventure it would be to join the Star Warriors in explorative exploits, finding other faraway realms held in high esteem by their godlike beings that held the secrets of the universe. That was half a page. That's all I got for that one. You know, I write in my journal all this time. Well, not really a journal. I guess it's more of like an idea book because I don't journal. I just random stuff that pops into my head. I'm like, that's funny. Or that that should go down. That should be written down. I shouldn't forget that. I often forget many things. Many things. Um that I come up with just like little ideas. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to forget that, but I'll forget them anyway. Like I do that with jokes all the time. I think I heard this from a, from several comedians that I was listening to. was that like, it's important. I think it was like Dave Chappelle that said, like, you have to have, uh, he has like a fishbowl or something. I think I talked about this on the show before, where he has like a fishbowl of ideas, and he's like puts jokes in them. Now, that may have been a complete fabrication, and he was just making that up for joke's sake. But I think there's still truth in that, is that if you are somebody who is artistic in some way, or creative, and you have a some sort of creative outlet, it's probably, the best thing that you could probably do is to have some sort of like notebook or small journal or just like a notepad. I don't know. Do it on your phone. People do that a lot. I think I see a lot. A lot of comedians will just have like their notepad on their phone. That's all they do. But I'm much more physical. I gotta have journals. I gotta have. I gotta have pieces of paper. You can hold on. I'm gonna flip through this. That was not as cool as I thought it would be. This is another one that I made up. I was listening to uh, Liam again. What a great friend he introduced me to the minute hour podcast and I've been listening to his videos for the past like year now. What an amazing, amazing experience this guy comes up with. I mean, he has so many different things that he makes. Um, and he's got a whole community online with a discord. I joined the discord community. And you know, when I look at these creative people and everything, it always makes me think like how, how long did it take you to get there? And it's always like you have to distance yourself from certain things. I think, one, recently I've been thinking this more and more. One, I think it's important to distance yourself from from negative social media because of how just inherently toxic it is to the brain. I always feel like social media is the detriment to my life where I'll just be mindlessly scrolling through Facebook pages and pages and pages of crap that I have no interest in looking at. But for some reason over the last... 14 years or however long i've had my facebook different different people i've followed different accounts that i've followed i've just i've just started to build up so now it's this amalgamation and maybe it's the same thing for you where it's this lazy lazy feeling of just junk food social media none of it means anything you get you get Videos of like of like people in India fixing a transmission and you have no idea how an engine is built so you don't really you don't think anything of it and your your brain one part of your brain is like this is mildly interesting and another part of your brain is off is pretty much just off because you're not taking into consideration is this something that's worthwhile for me to watch? Why am I watching this? If I was watching TV, I'd have the remote in my hand and I wouldn't just I wouldn't just put something on that I don't care about. But for some reason on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter if you use Twitter, I don't you you just get lost in these like in this stupid information gap of of nothing. You don't I don't remember any of it. I get on social media, I look at it for hours, and I don't remember any of it. So I always think I just need to just delete my Facebook, but then my one excuse for keeping my Facebook, even though it's the laziest excuse I have, is I want to have it there so that I can post stuff for the podcast and for months i have not posted anything on the facebook on the facebook um, page for the mind glue podcast nothing in fact i'm probably just going to delete it because i don't really see the value in facebook anymore i used to see the value in facebook but now all i see is just thousands hundreds of thousands to millions of people that you'll just scroll through every week every month every year and nearly none of it is interesting. I think YouTube is like the ultimate social media now. I think it's been like the social media giant over the last several years, YouTube. So I think I'm probably just going to, at some point, either take a complete turn and just delete the Facebook and then start posting all of my files, all of my audio files, just with some random background or some random thing that can play, maybe a live video of gaming or something like that. A lot of people do that they'll talk about things that have nothing to do with video games but they'll post themselves playing video games and i think like the thumbnail catches people it's i think that's the biggest thing it's just that the thumbnail will catch people but i don't i don't stream video games i just you know there's a lot of people that i watch that will talk about things like i said that have nothing to do with video games but they'll stream video games they'll be like on twitch and they'll record themselves streaming and i don't i just don't get it I think more and more when I think of myself and how I'm going to sell myself from differently from all of the other people that are on, that are on social media that do podcasts and that stream and that get live and, that, and they try to get on for entertainment's sake and they talk about things. I always think what's going to be the deciding factor for why people are going to listen to me versus why they're going to listen to another person. And I and that's where I just a complete a disconnect happens a, a complete disconnect. I'm like, is it just going to be my storytelling? Is it just going to be just random crap that I say because I don't? I often find myself uh, rambling about nothing. What is it? What is it going to be that sells me uh, away from all of these other people that that sets me apart? And though I like video games, I I can never bring myself to invest the time or money. And why would I buy like a $500 setup just to play, just to, just to further piss off my fiance and then have no excuse, like be like, well, I got to build something. I got to, I got to build my, my, my online presence somehow. And because I would just feel cheap doing that. I would just feel like, well, I'm going to build my online presence by doing exactly what every single other person is doing and have no no worthwhile personality that's going to sell with it. You're like, yeah, I can play. What am I going to play? I'm going to play Fallout 4 and play titles that are old that nobody's really interested in. Is that what I'm going to do? That's what I do. I play. I. I don't buy new video games. I often, I seldom do I buy new video games. In the last seven years, I've probably bought two brand new video games. And even then, I was like, "Oh, I could have waited. I could have waited." I'm. I'm a budget buyer, man. I think that's what sets me. Maybe that's what sets me apart. Is that I have uh, more of the mentality of somebody who is like uh, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant on the brand new stuff. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old buyer. I like to buy things that, uh, have been tried and tested and, you know, like I'm late on the VR game thing, you know, just to bring it back to the beginning of the episode, I'm late on the whole VR experience. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Right. I'm going to buy the Oculus quest 2. I'm going to play games that people have already played, uh, because I've only played super hot so far. And I thought it was really fun. But am I going to trade my switch for that? Uh, who knows? Whatever. Whatever. I don't want to bring it back to that, to that roundabout conversation. But here's something else that I have. Here's a, here's a strange little thing that I wrote not too long ago. It's called Friendly Staring. And I think I, you know what? I think I actually may have read this one time. But whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to read it again. Two of the most unsettling eyes seen on a man staring at you across a restaurant. Dead black pupils, soulless and void entirely of humanity. The staring man stands slowly, still staring, eyes fixed only on you. A crooked arm slithers up the side of his long, suspicious coat. Suddenly you realize the man is completely masked underneath the khaki of his oversized trench. You remember you're a police officer. You also remember that your gun was taken away because of aggressive behavior, cold-cocking a man in the jaw because he wouldn't give you his ID. Although, after the whole thing was over, you realize the man was actually a child, and a girl, and you have a drinking problem. Here you are, no gun, no badge, because you're on suspension, and as far as you know, a very strange man, naked and masked, under a coat, staring at you. Against your better judgment, you stare back intently. Noise begins to deafen, and though you can't hear it, you know you're screaming at the top of your lungs. Passers-by outside look into the restaurant to see this horrifying scene. Waiters and busboys pushing you back, mouthing words you don't understand. The man staring at you begins to smile and you break free from the grips of your oppressors. As you approach the man at full sprint, time slows, and you are now observing yourself from outside your body. You watch helplessly as you beat the man to death with your nightstick, and suddenly you black out. You wake up at the hypnotherapy office you arrived at an hour before. The therapist asks you how you feel. You sit up, and look directly in the therapist's eyes and say, this is bullshit. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I, you know, I appreciate uh, anybody who listens to this podcast. Um, I realize, again, that I am a complete uh, idiot when it comes to preparing anything for this thing. Um, but I love sharing my little stories. I love, I love uh, doing it. I'm working on a novel right now called The Magus and Chimera. It's my magnum opus. It is something that I'm very proud of. I am... I've written and I'm editing the first few chapters of it um, because I want it to be really good. I'm trying to, this is going to be the one, I, I think. I, I, I'm really trying to uh, get this published, or I'm going to try and get this published, and I'm going to do anything that I can to, to do so. Uh, in other news, if you'd like to join the Discord server to uh, get some updates on this campaign that I'm actually writing, a D&D campaign as well, um, all about food, it's called the Food Wars or food world. Basically, it's food. You're in a food world, and the conflict is the food wars. But it's very interesting. I want to. Uh, I want to thank anybody that's listening to this. Shout out to all of the, the past interviewer interviewees, uh, or interviews, whatever, the people who I've had on to interview uh, on this show. I really think. I really think. Uh, I owe some of my mild, very mild, <laughs> and brief success. Uh, to those people, um, big shout out to Michael Broom, special effects artist out in Hollywood. Uh, shout out to Patrick Thorne of Papa's Rock and Roll Parlor down in Florida. Definitely check him out online if you uh, if you have any interest in buying anything having to do with rock and roll, uh, vinyl, CDs, uh, signed you know aut- autograph stuff, any sort of memorabilia. You know, hit him up. You might you might find something that you love. Gifts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michael Broom, back to him, he's also got a, a graphic novel out, Membrane. Check that out. So go look up Michael Broom on Google, and you'll find something about, about Membrane. Um, we also have had uh, several others who I didn't enjoy and who I don't care about. So thank you to those as well for just being filler episodes uh, on my way to finding out that I absolutely hated doing interviews because they're boring oftentimes, and um, usually I'm just Try, usually, I'm just in the midst of a of a sales pitch, uh, but thank you anyway to anybody who I did have. A, oh, Heather Allen's dot uh, uh, Heather McRobie Allen's dot here, space lawyer. She did not sell me on anything. What an amazing woman! What an amazing interview! Uh, what an amazing uh, amazing person! A human humanitarian, um, just all around great individual who I think is is one of those people who is genuinely making a difference. On the ground, you know, on the ground level, really working hard to bring the different places that she goes to. Uh, different. She does like constitutional law. She was working on maritime law out in Iceland, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Back when I talked to her. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Mind Glue Podcast. As always, I'm Jacob Luker. Thank you.